Welcome to The Junkyard, hosted by Jake Bozen and Ben Jenkins. All right, welcome to episode... Oh, God, it's episode seven now, isn't it? Yeah, Jesus. I almost said eight. Yeah, you did almost say eight. Yeah, well, I definitely did say eight, and then we restarted this because I said eight. But yeah, welcome back to uh, episode seven, getting the uh, almost two-month mark here. So thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. And more importantly, we're uh, now full swing of baseball. Yeah. Full into the season. It's nuts. We got plenty to talk about. I'm very excited. Sod Poodle's home opener was here. Sod Poodle's home home and opener. There's a kid that's, one of those kids is about to go to the league. I'm telling you. Oh, they have like six guys on the team that are about to go. Well, that dude's hit. There's one guy. His name is uh, Buddy Reed. He's hit six home runs in the first six games, or like seven games. That's Mike Trout numbers. Yeah. Which we're going to get to later, actually. Not to spoil that. But um, yeah, so start off this week, we are going to give our uh, our current power rankings after what we've seen from the team so far, playing 13 to 14 games. Ben, if you want to go ahead and uh, list off yours, we'll go five to one again. Five and then once you're one. done, I will give mine. So coming in at number five, I've got the Yankees. All right. Just because that offensive power, they're still going to just keep putting up runs. They're going to bash. Just, they're still putting up home runs. And Gary Sanchez has finally found a swing. Yeah, it's all through the lineup. It's just going to be bats, bats, bats. Can't wait. It's like a dark cave at night. Bats, bats, (laughs) bats. 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 And then, I hate to say it. I I have a feeling. I I agree with you on what what yours was. Mm -hmm. I've got Bruce. For the third time. Yeah. For the third time in podcast history. And y'all don't understand that we we rarely agree on things. Yeah, like if y'all have listened to episodes in the past, we have literally, this will be the third time we've ever agreed on something on an episode. And it's crazy, but. It's it's great. I love it. it's, It's the. I yeah. hate agreeing with you, actually. Yeah, I don't like agreeing with you. It, it, it's bad content, but, you know, the Brewers, man. Yeah, that pitch, yeah. That, that bullpen, it's... It's been locked down. They've survived. Corey Nibble going down. Jeffries is still on yeah. the uh, on the IL, not the DL now. Yeah. But Hater has just been otherworldly for them. But, I mean, dropping down to four for me, that hurts. Yeah, because they, cause they started off the season two or one, yeah. I think, between us. Yeah, I had one. I had them at one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, right. That's right. Just seeing that number just slowly rise. Yep. I don't like it. Um, I hope their rotation gets back and their their bullpen gets mm-hmm. better. Uh, they'll figure it out. They, they'll, they'll be fine. There's a reason why we picked them to win the World Series. Yeah. For the first agreement we ever had on this on this podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then I've got at three, slight disagreement on yours. I'm switching your two and three. I'm going Mariners at three. All right. I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree and with that. Yeah, it's just one of those. They've shown those that they're going to hang around. Yeah. And then Phillies at two. Even which, though they lost last night, just saying. Hey, it's one game out of I, I just, to, just to put it out there, the Nats have split the season series with the Phillies so far, two and two. So everyone's talking about how this powerhouse Phillies are. The Nats have beat them half the games they played. I'm just going to put that out there. So far. In my totally unbiased, non-Nationals fan opinion. So far. Yeah, that's, that's how it's happened. Um, and then... Dodgers at one. Yeah, that I think rotation, it, that lineup, man. Yeah, it's been. They've just been. It's been ridiculous. Out. It's clinical baseball. It's been impressive. It, it's it's clinical. It's technical. They're doing all the small things right, which is how you know a team's going to be good. Yeah, they're doing all the little things. They're not making the they're not making the errors on the easy plays. They're not you know doing pop flies when they got men on base. They're doing everything well the season so far. Yeah, they're getting that good contact. Mm-hmm. It's just and then been, Cody Bellinger is just. I, I mean, he's still a man amongst boys. If we were breaking down like awards again at this point in the season, Cody Bellinger would easily be my far away MVP. Yeah, the numbers he's put up have been ridiculous. Yep, yeah. it'd be for me. It'd be a close tie where he'd have a one runner up, and mm-hmm. that would be close. But yeah, 
we'll talk about him later. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. So. But uh, we're going to get to my power rankings now. So a little bit of disagreement there, which as always is good. Uh, at five, I have the Rays. Uh, they are right now sitting atop that AL East division, which we talked about before the season is one of those one or two division, one or two it's, it's, toughest divisions in all of baseball. Yeah, They've the been cream the crop that so far, and what's carried them has been that rotation has been their bullpen. And we're going to get to that a little bit later uh, when we talk about some trends we've been seeing this season. But they've been lights out, and they've had clutch hitting, yeah. and it, it, that's been a key to their season. And right now they're uh, eight and three or nine and three, I believe. So they're one of the best teams in all of baseball. Uh, at four, uh, I have the Brewers. Because they've kind of, they haven't, after that hot start that Yelich has had, they kind of fell off a little bit. Not a lot to knock them out of my top five necessarily, but they haven't been that that powerhouse that we've seen other teams turn into. Uh, at three, uh, I have the Phillies, as much as it pains me to say, but um, Reese Hoskins is having a fantastic season. I know he had yeah. two dingers against the Nats the other night, which was the difference in the game. Well, Bryce Harper's been raking. He hit a home run off uh, Strasburg last night. And that rotation has been good, and their bullpen has been surprisingly solid. So yeah, they're definitely a team to be afraid of. Bryce Harper's transition has actually surprised me quite a lot with how well he's done. Him and him and Gabe Kapler, the manager there in Philadelphia, have just melded yeah. so well together. It's as a baseball fan, it's cool to see. Yeah, as I, much as I'm it pains me to say that, that, and believe me, it does. And actually, I was uh, this is kind of a funny story. I was having a debate in my media law class the other day with uh, with our friend Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And he was joking me with me before that, you know, just to piss you off, I'm going to bring up Bryce Harper in the debate. And I'm like, no, it'll be fine. He won't do that. Um, I do my part. He, you know, responds to me. And then he gets up uh, to do his part uh, arguing against me. And the like the third or fourth words out of his mouth for one of his points were, and going to Bryce Harper, and I literally just took my pen, slammed it on the table, and just laid back with my arms crossed in my chair the rest of the time. Yeah, I won the debate, so... Clearly, that didn't have any power over me, but... <laughs> See, I've heard otherwise. That was, I mean... I've heard both sides of the story, and I still don't know who won. I mean, I got a 95, he got a 90, so... Oh, I guess that, yeah, that constitutes... I'm just saying, like, everyone in the class, apparently, or not everyone, but most people in the class that I did better, because I got five extra points from that, so... Love you, Jeff, but... Sorry, I'm better. I won. Well, you get me next time, you get to do your affirmative this time, it'll be okay. Uh, and then at two, I have the Mariners, because that offense, man, that offense has been raking... Yeah, it's it's been on fire. They've been easily a top three, arguably top two or even number one. Yeah, offense start the season. That bullpen's been great, uh, even though they lost Edwin Diaz, who you could argue is one of, if not the best closers in the game, outside of maybe Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell, excuse me. Um, and they they've just, I mean, they're what eleven and two, eleven and three now or something. So they have one of the best records in baseball again, and they've. I mean, not to say no one saw this coming, but after the trades they made this offseason, they got rid of Cano, they got rid of Diaz. There wasn't a lot of solidity that people could see carry into the season. And Jerry Depoto, the GM there, has done a fantastic job. And the managers have done a great job. And it's it's really showing. It's really showing the quality of organization and the ability they have to pick out players, say you're going to be a good contributor. It's not quite, you know, 2000, 2001, Billy Bean, Moneyball era A's, but it's getting yeah. kind of close. Uh, and then at number one, I agree with you. Dodgers have been far and away the best team in baseball this season. Their rotation has been lights out, uh, and I, I would put the, I would say they've had the best offensive baseball. And right now they have the MVP in Cody Bellinger, yeah. who's leading the league in uh, home runs and RBIs. He's you know third or fourth in average. His runners and scoring position average is ridiculous. Yeah. It's I believe it's over four hundred or something. And I think the only person that's on that team right now that's quote unquote underperforming 
would be Clayton Kershaw, and it's still not even underperforming for yeah, most it, major league teams. It's underperforming for Clayton Kershaw is all star level for other pitchers in the yeah. league, <laughs> and it's it's and we're just not seeing like his four years ago numbers mm-hmm, that he was you mm-hmm. know, like almost, the MVP yeah. MVP numbers, yeah. But, but that being said, that rotation has kind of picked up. Walker Bueller has stepped mm-hmm. into that ace role. He's been fantastic. Uh, Hunjin Rio, who was their opening day starter, has been lights out again. Yeah. They've they've really picked up the slack for that um, the lack of Kershaw that they've had. The, the Kershaw effect, I guess you could call it. But they've far away been my, my best team so far. So Yeah, I, I will agree 100%. All right, now we're going to go into uh, stand-up performances. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of them are good. We got one that is... An MLB record bad, like all-time, no questions asked, bad. Uh, I guess I'll start off with that, because that's my thing. Uh, Our boy Chris Davis in Baltimore had, uh, as of last night, broke the major league record for most consecutive bats without a hit. He is 0 for 47 in his last 47 at-bats. His last hit came in September of 2018. That's how long this man has gone without a hit. And what's even worse, the Orioles owe him $92 million over the next three years. Yeah, it's nuts. I would go so far as to call this, right now, the worst deal in baseball history. Yes. Hands down, no questions asked. I am so Well, yeah, for you being a Rangers fan, you guys didn't get stuck with that contract. Yes, it's so great. And from the Orioles' perspective, it kind of made sense to give him that money after that Fantastic couple of years he had because he had uh, 45 home runs in 2013 and yeah. uh, 53 in 2014. I believe those are the years. Yeah. And then they gave him that ridiculous extension and people were kind of like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And these past couple of years, he's not been that great. Last year, he was the worst hitter, worst qualified hitter in Major League history. And somehow he's outdoing himself yeah. even worse. It's amazing. I'm so happy to see it. It, it. We're watching something historic go down. And usually when you say that, it's something good. Yeah. This is the exact opposite of something you want as a baseball player. I'm sorry, Ashley, but I'm I'm just enjoying this. I grew up an O's fan because <laughs> we didn't have a Nats, and so it kind of pains me to see. But at a certain point, you just kind of have to sit back and laugh. I really, I do actually really want to know Ashley's input on that. That would be really interesting. We have a, a friend, Ashley, who uh, born and raised in Baltimore, who's a big, big Orioles fan. Uh, she was a huge, huge J.J. Hardy fan back when he was there. That shortstop they had for a while. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we may, maybe we can get her on and ask her about it. Yeah, I'd be, be interested to hear. Be fun. Just so I can make fun of her for <laughs> Just so for we can this. make fun of her. Like you do for me and the Nats. Yeah. That's fine. It's okay. I got the Rangers on you. Yeah. I got 2015 in my pocket. It's okay. You got 2012 in yours. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh that picture I sent you last night. So if any of you have played MLB The Show yet, there's a moments tab. And I was so upset last night. You sent me that, and I, I didn't see it last night because I was asleep, but I saw it this morning, and I don't laugh out loud a lot, but I legitimately <laughs> laughed. They have the the Jose Batista home run moment, and I looked at it, and I had to complete it to get the extra rewards, Yeah, and I was like, this is going to hurt so This goes bad. against every everything my body is telling me, against every grain, every fiber of my soul. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I restarted it four times just so I could watch him strike out four times. <laughs> <laughs> so, you exacted your revenge on a video game. You know what? Yeah, I respect it because yeah. I'd probably do the same thing. So we're going to move in from that to a play that we saw on Twitter the other day. Um, it was a slide in from from the Orioles. It was uh, Orioles-Yankees um, less than a week ago. Uh, I don't remember who the player was. I can't remember. Uh, he slid into second base. Uh, some of the Yankees, obviously the Yankees thought it was a dirty, dirty slide. The Orioles didn't think it was dirty. Yeah. 
We're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the play. If we can find it on Twitter, we'll uh, yeah. share it with you guys so you can guys we'll, can watch it and kind of we'll give your input that. on that too. But um, I mean, personally, I don't think it was dirty. I don't think it was either. I, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't slide go. The bag. Normally, he, when I see exactly. a, a dirty play at second, he's sliding through the bag. He's, he's sliding through the bag, and he's sliding uh, oftentimes oh, with the know, spikes a little with bit the spikes up. up. Yeah. I mean, that was always Ty Cobb's thing. That was why he's one of the dirtiest players in history. But yeah. anytime you see a dirty slide, you see him go out of the base path to slide into the player. Cleat is usually up to try to clip him a little bit, and they overslide. They start their slide late. So personally, I don't think it was a dirty slide. Yeah, no, he stood up at the edge of the bag, so there's yeah. no way that, in my opinion, there's no way it's a dirty play. I didn't, I didn't feel any malicious intent from that personally. Right. And I don't even see where people are seeing that it's a dirty play just because your your shortstop flips doesn't mean. Yeah, just because you know, you know you oversell the flip a little, a little bit doesn't mean it was a dirty slide. Yeah, but yeah. So we'd love to hear if you guys have seen the play. We'd love to get your input on that. Feel free to shoot us a message or something. Uh, but yeah, so uh, going after that, uh, still going with um, some interesting performances, some standout performances we've had. And when Encarnacion the other day hit two home runs in an inning, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. And it's only I been done yeah. 56 times in history, which sounds like a lot. But, but when you think about how long the history of the MLB is. Yeah. I mean, we're going on 150 years now, just about. Yeah. So the fact that it's only been done 56 times. And for a guy that... In 160 games a year. Like yeah, yeah, like that's exactly. I don't thousands of games. I don't remember the last time I saw that. Honestly, I yeah. it's been a long time. I don't think that's happened in my lifetime. I, I would be interested to do some research on that and find out. But that was that was really cool for me to see. Mm-hmm. And then watching the highlight of you know him you know with a feather uh, with a parrot on his shoulder walking around like he always does. Yeah. But yeah, that was really cool. And then uh, I know your boy. You're gonna want to talk about. When I say your boy, I don't mean Aaron Judge for once. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's surprising. He means your other boy. Yeah, it is uh, Mike Trout. Shocking, I know. Yeah, I, Shocking that he's on the standout performances yeah, list. Here. Right? And the thing that's, that hurts is it was against the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. But it was really impressive to watch, man. that He, he came in clutch. He, he he performed properly on how mm. he should in the moment. Had that grand slam. Had another two-run shot the next day. Mm-hmm. Another home run the day after that. Like, he's just... And it, it got to the point where he was... He was did what Christian Yelich did. Uh, he had four home runs in five games. Yeah, and it was... And it was, it was ridiculous to, watch, to see. But, I mean, it's just Mike Trout being Mike Trout. Yeah, I hated seeing the scoreboard keep going up there. Oh yeah, of course, because you're but, a Rangers fan. But but I was really glad to see that happen because that was. And we obviously we love Mike Trout. He's our he's our boy. Yeah. And but then, um, but yeah, and then uh, I actually saw something interesting the other day. They were comparing uh, his start to the season now to Barry Bonds' start to the 2001 season back when he won really? that MVP and put up that historic those historic numbers. And he's currently, if he keeps up his pace, which is almost impossible, but it's Mike Trout, so you never yeah. know. Uh, he's on break, on pace to bake um, that OPS record that Barry Bonds set back in 2001. Really? Which Harper is the only, Harper in 2015 that. is the only one we've ever seen come close to that. Wow, I didn't, I haven't seen that that fact. Yeah, the the OPS was you know 1.4 something, which is yeah. insane. And and Trout, there's a possibility he hits that. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out the rest of the season. Yeah, and then my my second person that that's been standout so far this season for me is purely based on age and the in the amount of work he's been putting in. Curious to see who it is. I got a couple guys in mind, but I'm not going to say them. I want you to... Robinson Cano. Not the guy I was thinking of, but you did actually text me this I the other day you, when I they were playing the Nats. The yeah. And my Lord, is he producing? He's been the heart and soul so of that lineup. Him, him and Peter Alonzo, who's another guy that we should probably talk about at some point because he's having a ridiculous year. I never thought that I would see... like. In the past four years, I never thought I'd see Robinson's Cano, Robbie Cano's name come up as much as I have. Yeah, lately, no, not, at least not as much as he did when he was back with the Yankees. Yeah, like, and 
it's him being back in New York. I thought it was, that helps him, a lot. It, well, I thought with him going to the Mets that he was going to not like it. And not, oh, because he had that experience on the crosstown being with the, yeah, the Bronx Bombers and all that. Yeah. And I thought that it was going to be something like, you know, him being kind of spiteful towards the, the Mets because he's in New York, but mm-hmm. he's not with the Yankees. Kind of like how someone with the White Sox would be. Yeah, that, that same kind of thing. Cubs, you know? Or to a certain extent, you know, the Nats and the Orioles. Yeah, something like that. That proximity yeah. creates a little bit of a rivalry there, too. And just seeing his numbers that he's been putting up lately is he, he's been bombs still. He's himself has won multiple games for them. I know that opening yeah. day when the Nats were playing him, he had that home run off Scherzer in the first mm-hmm. and then an RBI single later in the seventh, and that was the only runs of the entire game. Yeah, and he's been he's probably been my highest standout performer for he, he's been worth everything they they traded to get him so far yeah. both him and ndiaz it's it's great so for them that was impressive for me all right now we're going to go into a, a new segment we're starting uh it's called the toolbox i thought we did it last week no we didn't this is uh this is first week we talked about it last week we, we talked didn't, about it we talked week. about doing it but this yeah. is the fir- this is the first time for you guys is going to be on the air uh basically the idea behind this um baseball everyone talks about when they're analyzing prospects there's five tools mm-hmm. there's Power, speed, defense, arm, and their hit tool. Yeah. And all those things are graded 20 to 80. I never understood that, but it's up to them. But uh, so we're each going to talk about one of those tools that we saw stand out this week. Each week. We're, each week, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Each one of us is going to do it each week. So Jake has it this week. I'll have it next week. And that's how we were talking about mm-hmm. doing it. So Yeah. And so we're not necessarily going to talk about all five. We're just going to talk about ones that stood out to me, or, or I guess to me this week. Yeah. Uh, the two I have, uh, I'm focused on power and hitting. So for power, uh, Derek Dietrich of the Reds, the first baseman the other day, hit two home runs in the Allegheny, which is ridiculous to hit it in there once, but to hit it there in twice in a game. And I believe it was twice in three innings yeah, that he did like, it. Isn't it like to where he hit it in it like 460 feet or something? Yeah, like I think the, the Allegheny itself. And so he didn't hit it like a, like a splash hit like out in, um, out in San Francisco in, yeah. um, in the Bay. But they, they hit the road outside the stadium and bounced in there. And that's a good 470, 475 feet. And he had two of those. That is just totally out of the park. It was ridiculous. Absolute display of power. Uh, totally. That is power tool to the max. Yeah. 99. 80. Well, if you're going to MLB the well, show. Well, if you're going to MLB the show, yeah. It's 99. But, uh, and then my other one, uh, I have hitting. Uh, I'm going to talk about Whit Merrifield for the Royals, who a lot of people thought they were going to trade just because he had a great year last year. The Royals aren't going to contend this year that we've seen so far and that no one really thinks they're going to. Uh has a 30-game hit streak carrying over from last season. And, and right now, he's actually tied uh, the record that George Brett holds for that franchise. Cool. And getting... I, I've seen... I remember back in... Oh, that must have been 2013 or 2014, Denard Spann, the center fielder for the Nats, had a 31-game hitting streak. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the longest I've seen. So I, I don't think he's going to break that Joe DiMaggio 56-game streak. I don't think that's... That's a record we're never going to see broken. Yeah, hey, I don't think Personally. So. But, I mean, he's clearly doing something right. He's clearly seeing the ball extremely well and he's raking it to all parts of the park it's great to see especially well i don't think we'll see it broken anymore because we're just seeing this wave of power hitters too Mm -hmm. yeah not that i'm gonna get the ball on the ground through the gap and so we're kind of seeing the the death of those small ball guys like the the ichiros the Mm -hmm. d gordons the guys don't hit a lot of home runs they get on base and And we're kind of seeing these steal bases and you know yeah and we're kind of seeing to extent the death of that kind of that money ball idea yeah that, you know, you get on base, you get on base, you get on base, and good things will happen. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron Judge, for breaking that. That's cool. <laughs> Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, <laughs> just about any power hitter you can think of can be brought up with that. But uh, so, yeah, that's our uh, 
That is our toolbox tools of the week for you there. So stay tuned. We're going to have that for you every week. Uh, like Ben said, next week's going to be him. Yeah. And we'll be uh, alternating from here on out. Maybe we'll have a guest doing one week too. So Maybe. we'll see. Uh, keep, uh, keep up on that. But uh, now we're going to go into uh, some certain trends we've been seeing throughout this year. And we're going to go uh, buying or selling is uh, what we're going to call it. Uh, so we have three that I wrote down that yeah. we're going to talk about. And I've got my extra one. And you have your extra one, yeah. So we're going to go through it. So I'm going to list them off for you. Um, in order, you're going to give, um, whether you're buying or you're selling it, where you think it's the trend is going to extend throughout the year. Uh, we're just going to go like that. So uh, the first one we have is the raise pitching staff, buying or selling. I got to buy it, man. I think if you're not buying it, you're crazy. Yeah, it's too strong. At if this point, can. they have both the best ERA for starters and the bullpen in the entire majors. Yeah. Their team ERA of 2.06 is close to you know, 30 points lower than the next closest. And Blake Snell, uh, the Cy Young winner from last year, currently has the highest ERA of all the starters they have on their roster. Isn't it like a isn't it like a 3-1 or something like that? Uh, it's like 2.86 or 2.87 yeah, like or something like that, yeah. Which is still a fantastic yeah. year. That's like, that's Scherzer put out that last year. Yeah, that's still numbers that you don't normally see. And the fact that that's the worst <laughs> yeah. on the roster? It's crazy. Or excuse me, not the worst on the roster, the worst are the starters. Yeah. There are only two pitchers on the roster uh, that are relievers that have a higher ERA than him, and they've only pitched in two or three games, and they've allowed you know it's, one or one yeah. or two runs. It's probably been in one or two innings. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm with you. I'm buying that. Yeah. I totally believe it. I think they're going to have a top five uh, ERA both for starters and bullpen throughout this entire season. And they're going to finish. That's that's what's going to be carries them if they make the playoffs. Like I predict, that's going to be what carries them there. Yeah. Oh, um, the Mariners' offense. You buying it or selling it? I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I actually, too. I actually really believe it. Domingo Santana has uh, it was one of those pickups they got. Uh, believe he last played for the Brewers. He's always been that guy that hits a lot of home runs. He's got a lot of power, yeah. a lot of a, a high OPS for his career. But he's been injured and he's been healthy, and we've seen what he can do this year. Yeah, between him, Mitch Haniger, um, uh, Dan Vogelbach has been a revelation for them. Yeah, it, it's been really uh, right now. They have a, a 294 team batting average, which is far and away. The best of the majors. They have 33 home runs for the team mm-hmm. and 106 RBIs. Yeah, it's crazy. Which both, again, are far crazy. and away the best for any team outside of the Dodgers. Crazy numbers. Yeah, so I, I'm totally buying. I'm totally buying their Mariners offense. And it's gonna and and it's not like they're it's not a small ball team, but it's not a super long ball team. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not relying hitting, on that home run. They're, they're relying those on doubles. They're hitting a consistent solid line drives, hitting with guys on base. Yeah, just getting into the gaps. And like we said before, they're you know eight and three, nine and three right now, which is tops in the AL East, which yeah. I don't think anyone saw coming this yeah. this far into the season. I don't think we did. I, I didn't see the struggles that the Red Sox and the Yankees were going to get yeah, off to, but I definitely didn't. No, so, so I, I love to see this for for a baseball fan. I, I absolutely love seeing seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, uh, for me anyway, the Nationals bullpen has been the biggest problem for them this year. Yeah, just not consistent. They can't. That that's going to be what's going to be that's their Achilles heel at this point. Right now, the last number I saw was their ERA for the bullpen was ten point one nine. Buying or selling, are they going to? Is that trend going to continue this year? or Are they going to fix it? I think I'm going to sell on this. I think they're going to fix it. I, I'm going to sell as well, not just because I'm a Nationals fan. No, but. I think I think that they'll because. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that they still have Joe Madden as the pitching coach there. Joe Madden's the head coach for the Cubs. No, not uh, sorry, Maddox. Greg Maddox? Yeah, Greg no, Maddox. he left. Did he? Okay. Yeah, he left when Dusty Baker left. Oh, so not that long ago. Yeah. 
that's why I was still in, in my head. But, but he he was the best pitching coach we've ever had, in my opinion. He works wonders with staff. He's one of the best pitching coaches in baseball history, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, and now he's but, with the Cardinals, and he's working wonders with Mikolas yeah. and Reyes and all of them. It's been great to see. Because I couldn't remember if he was still there. Um, nope. Because if he was still there, I would have no doubt in my mind that they would fix it. I wish we still had him. I don't think we would be having these issues right now. I wish we still had him. <laughs> Honestly, though. <laughs> I wish the Rangers still had him. But uh, so, I, I think it's even going to... There's 160 something games in the season. It's not gonna. Yeah, and there's the old adage of baseball. You know, every team's gonna win 54 games. Every unless you're the 2018 <laughs> Orioles, um, every team's gonna lose 54 games. It's that 54 games in the middle. What yeah. you do with it that really defines your season. I, I I don't think they're one of those contenders. They're gonna go out. Uh, we went out and got Bud Norris, who was a free agent, signed him to a minor league contract, which is gonna help a little bit. It's gonna give some reliable innings, um, about an average ERA, which is good, which is better than we've had so far. Yeah. I think it, it'll it'll get fixed. It'll get fixed. Uh, a, a guy that the Nats have been really, really linked to, and I'd be curious to see if they actually, one, splurge the money, and two, how good of a fit he would be is Craig Kimbrell. There have been a lot of discussions, mm-hmm. especially after that implosion that we've had. The bullpen is a big reason why we're only at 500 right now, because we've been leading in a lot of games yeah, by tell, by tell five, five or six runs, and then the bullpen comes in. Yeah. And the one particular that stood out on the Nats roster for me has been Trevor Rosenthal. He's throwing 101, 102 like he used to. Coming back from Tommy John, it looked great. Looks on the on the ball. Control was under uh, under wraps really well during spring training, and all of a sudden, he has yet to record an out in five or six appearances. Has an ERA, and I'm not kidding when I say this, of infinity. Yeah, that's. He's faced eight batters in the innings he's pitched. He's not gotten a single out, and seven of them have scored. Oh. That's rough. So Davey Martinez said he's going to use him in lower leverage situations until he <laughs> figures it out. But at this point, I kind of feel like every situation for them is a high leverage situation once you take that ball from the starters. Yeah, yeah. Because there's not really, outside of Sean Doolittle, there hasn't been the guy they can rely on to get those three outs or six outs to get him to Sean Doolittle. Yeah. We haven't seen that. Kyle Bearclaw has been, been pretty good for us so far. He was a great addition, but... I mean, I think eventually they fix it. I don't think they go out and get Craig Kimbrell just because they want to stay under that luxury tax. But I, I think they find a way to fix it, either by promotions or for trading at the trade deadline or free agency or whatever. Yeah, it'll, it'll get sorted. Yeah, the Nats, the Nats are too good to have that be an issue that keeps them from doing well. Yeah, Although the, we've seen since 2012, since they've been contending, the bullpen has always been the issue. Yeah, I think someone in the front office will finally put a foot down and fix it. Mike Rizzo is the guy to do that. Mike Rizzo is one of the best GMs in all of baseball, so if anyone has an idea of how to fix it, it's going to be him. So, so I'm very ready? much looking forward to that. Are you ready for this fourth one? Because I don't think you've seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm curious to see what you have. So Hit it's me. along the same lines as the Nats, but the Brewers' bullpen injuries. Mm-hmm. Is there something that's going on in the organization that's keeping them unhealthy? or And will that, that continue? Like, will the injuries continue? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that they'll finally figure out how to keep everyone healthy? Injuries are always a problem that every team's faced every team will face. We've seen the Yankees have been hit really, really hard. The Nats lost Trey Turner. We've seen a lot of impact injuries. But um, half, almost half your bullpen, though? Like and Yeah, almost half your bullpen is down, and big guys that were huge contributors in the playoffs last year are down. Yeah, that's that's what I was concerned about. Like, you know, that's so much I'm, talent. I'm going to sell on that for now. I think they're going to find a way to fix it. Jeffers isn't supposed to be out much longer. Nibble, they know, is out for the rest of the season. They're They're just too good. Yeah. Again, like the Nats are too good to have that be an issue that holds them back. Yeah, I, I just, think they they're managing their front front staff or excuse me uh, front of house staff is so good. It, it's too good to let that be an issue for too long. And they still have Josh Hader, who is probably the best non closer reliever in all of baseball. Yeah, 
And imagine if they just picked up Dallas Keuchel. Had to throw that in. Seven I have so heard some wheels are turning on that, actually. Yeah. About really? um, about Keuchel either going to the Phillies or going to the Brewers. The Brewers really? have been the team most connected with him right now. We've talked about this just about every episode, yeah, I feel I like. Have, yeah, we, no, it's it's been a stated fact. It was I'm pretty sure that was in the contract once. we signed yeah, uh, was, with each other, yeah. Yeah, that we have to talk about Dallas Keuchel until he gets signed. It, it, it still is a travesty. So. It's bad for baseball. I had to make sure. I had to make sure I mentioned it a little bit for that. So, um, for that reason alone. Yeah. No. But. But yeah, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell on that. I think they're gonna figure it out. Yeah, I will. I will agree with you. I think it was just one of those things that I kind of was thinking. You know, could it be a trend, a team trend like mm-hmm. that? Like trainers are not doing. Could it be not as much a player as issue much, as much as the coaching staff issue? Yeah. Yeah. Or like they're working them too hard or mm-hmm. putting too much stress on their arms. Yeah. Like one of those things, but I think that they'll get it sorted out. So. I, I think they'll be fine. I still think they're going to win the World Series. Yeah. I don't think this is going to hold them back. And it, it's, you know, the first two weeks of the season, everyone has issues. Yeah. If you look at the standings from, you know, the last 10 years after the first two weeks and compared to the end of the season standings, there's so much difference. Yeah. It'll be. It'll be, much. it'll be one. It'll be something to keep an eye on yeah. for, uh, for all those teams. Uh, we're going to take a short break now. Uh, we'll be back for a special segment and a special guest coming on with us. So yeah. uh, stay tuned and we'll see you guys soon. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to the special segment we got going on here. Uh, we're going to call it Fenway Faceoff. This was an idea that was given to uh, to us here at the Junkyard by one of my buddies uh, who's sitting here with me right now, my buddy Omar. Yeah. So if you want to go and just give you know your background with baseball, team, just that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, of course, man. Always love having. We've been meaning to do this for a while. We've been we've been trying to yeah. get this in the work just <laughs> between schedules and work and everything else like yeah. that. But I'm, I'm glad we finally got you on here to do this. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, obviously, I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, it started off probably 2004. Me and my brother, we watched a documentary mm-hmm. on HBO about the Red Sox. It talked about, you know, the Babe Ruth trade. Yeah. The 75 World Series with Carlton Fisk. Oh. Uh, 86. Oh, uh, with Bill 80s, Buckner. Bill Buckner. Yeah. And then uh, 03 with Aaron Boone. It was just... Uh, you just see the anguish in those oh, fans when, uh, when they're and, talking about it. And my best friend growing yeah. up was a Red Sox fan, so I saw that anguish on his face after everything. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, but the funny thing is that the, the first cut of that documentary, it ends with like just them losing. Mm-hmm. But they actually had to remake it again. After oh, and they, add on after, after they won. Kind of like on, um, what's that uh, what's the movie called? Um, Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon. Fever pitch, fever pitch. Yeah, okay, kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. If you if you if you That's go into a second, if, if you go into fever pitch, they actactually had to remake it at the end. Really? Because after, after oh, won, that's an excellent yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, big Red Sox fan. Um, it kind of fell off for a couple of years when I was younger, but here recently, uh, it's been it's picked up a lot. I actually You're went fired to, up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually went to a game uh, last August. Oh, oh I've, I love Fenway. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite places to go see games. Yeah, Rick, Rick Porcello, uh, one uh, hitter. Complete game. Oh, you were at that yeah, one. I was at oh, that's so short, cool, dude. One of the shortest games in Red Sox history, but it was awesome, nonetheless. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, as always, we're glad to have you on here. Uh, this was your idea, so yeah. once again, thank you for doing this. Uh, basically, what we're going to do today is we are going to break down uh, a seven-game World Series between the 2004 Red Sox and the 2018 Red Sox. Yeah. So it only made sense to have a Red Sox fan come on. So uh, let's get down into it. So uh, where do you want to start? This is your thing. What do you, um, you want to get off with? Let's start off with the uh, managers. Who do you give the manager 
uh, Managerial Edge 2. So, Managerial 04 was Tito, right? Yes. 04 was Tito. Was now they have Cora. I mean, if we're going off, you know, just that season, the manager that season, yeah. I would take Cora. Yeah. I think Cora probably handled the team a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, characters on the 04 team. There so, were a lot of characters, yeah. yeah. You had guys like Lester and Manny you know, Big Poppy, obviously, Manny yeah. Ramirez, Johnny Damon, all those all those names, yeah. Yeah, I think I have to agree. I think old Cora. Um, yeah, not by much, though. Not yeah, by much. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tito definitely has that track record since. Yeah, you know, winning in 07. Exactly. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Cora does, you know, the rest of his career. I'm, I'm excited. I think they got a great guy. I wish the Nats had him, but yeah. we got stuck with Davey Martinez. Love you, Davey, but get better. Uh, yeah. So and with a lot of this stuff, it, it's very, very close. Yeah, I was crunching the numbers on this stuff yeah. and like going over like position by position breakdown and stuff, which we're not going to get that into uh, this time. But it's very, very close and it could kind of go either way. Yeah. When it comes to, like batting average, yeah, especially, uh, especially ERA, it was very close. Very. Yeah. So um, and we're going to go kind of just go over the stats for the different teams now. Uh, do you want to do 04 and then I'll I'll go over 08? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I'll do 04. Um, Figure that was your uh, that was your year for it. Yeah. So 96 and 66, uh second in the AL East, uh 4.18 team ARA and a point uh, .282 batting average. And that .282 batting average I believe was one of the top 3 in the league that year yeah, too. Yeah, I think so. I and so. it helps when you have guys like Manny Ramirez yeah. and Big Poppy to carry definitely, that. Definitely. So But yeah, and then I believe that team uh, the whole team between pitchers and ca- uh, pitchers and catchers, and you know everyone else too, uh, was worth uh, fifty three point seven WAR, which is for me kind of how I did a lot of the breakdowns for the stuff. I went with WAR, which is wins above replacement. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big sabermetrics guy. I think it tells us a lot about baseball and a lot about the ins and outs of it. And so that's what I went with. Uh, and then on top of that, um, 04 had nine hundred forty nine runs scored and seven hundred sixty eight runs allowed. So they were uh, close to the tops, if not the tops in the league, in both of those yeah. categories as well. Uh, and then uh, they had a .981 fielding percentage, too. So yeah. all those numbers are fantastic. Uh, and then we look at 2018, and it's curious to see how how close and how different some of this stuff is. Uh, 2018 finished with 108-45 and 45 record, uh, which was first in the AL East. Uh, 876 runs scored, 647 runs allowed, which was almost as many runs scored as um, 04 and in a, over 100 fewer runs allowed, which is also fantastic. And it showed in their ERA which was a 3.75 team ERA. And that was one of those places where it really wasn't that close yeah. between the pitchers yeah. for me. Anyway, looking at the numbers and stuff, yeah. it wasn't that close. Was definitely a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, 268 team batting average, 987 fielding percentage, which again was one of the tops in majors. And the team overall was worth 56.5 wins above replacement. Yeah. So very, very close in some of those categories. It's interesting to see how 04 was based almost entirely around their offense. Yeah. And they're one and two pitchers between Kurt Schilling and Pedro Martinez. And then you look at 18, and they were more focused on the pitching side. Like we, ha- They had guys like Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez, who, yeah. of course, had fantastic MVP caliber MVP. years. MVP. Make but sure to say Mookie Betts MVP. Mookie <laughs> Betts MVP. Sorry. We'll put some respect on his name. I mean, Mike Trout probably, like you guys said earlier. Mike Trout probably yeah. Mike Trout deserves it every year. Probably this year, yeah. Pro- eventually, like, they're going to rename it the Mike Trout Award, I yeah. feel like. I mean, it's kind of like LeBron in the NBA. I mean, it, you can give it to him every Everyone year. knows he's the most valuable player, <laughs> yeah. but they're just tired of giving it to him, yeah, exactly. which is un- totally exactly. understandable. But yeah, so, um, and then after that, we did a breakdown between starting pitching, batting, bullpen, and fielding. Okay. So, uh, if you want to go ahead and start off with that, with whatever category uh, you want, we do will pitching. break down. Break Who's, pitching. You want to do 18? I can do 04. Who's your uh, game one starter, 18? Obviously, Chris, I mean, Chris game Sale. one, it has to be Chris Sale. Yeah. After that fantastic year he had, I think if he didn't get injured, he probably would have won that Cy Young over Blake Snell. Yeah. Because he would have had... 
uh, a much better record than he did. His ERA would have been a little bit better just because I know he was dealing with an injury for a yeah. lot of the year. Started giving up some home runs towards the end of the season. But I, I game one starter, I got to I got to give the ball to Chris Hill. Yeah, I got to uh, give the ball to Chris. Four wise, I mean, we're giving it to Kurt Schilling. I mean, Schilling. and that the game one, I feel like would really set the tone for the yeah. entire series. Definitely. When you got guys like Chris Sale and Kurt Schilling going off against each other, yeah, it, it's just one of those matchups yeah. that not a lot baseball of fans dream about. Yeah, not a lot of runs scored. No, no. I, I would love to absolutely see that. Okay. All right, and then batting. Uh, so I gave well, actually going back to pitching. So I gave the the overall pitching edge to eighteen, just because team ERA, team ERA was lower. They had a better bullpen, a better closer, a more established closer, and Craig yes. Kimbrell. Yes. But so I gave the edge to them. I, I, where did you, where do you give the edge to starting pitching? Uh, yeah, definitely eighteen. Like definitely I said, 18. a lot deeper. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had a lot. Wise. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, what you see Yavaldi doing in that in the World Series? Uh, it was just, I mean, that's like, what got him all that money. Yeah, I mean, he's your number what four starter. And yeah, he's and he's doing, doing that, that kind of stuff. It's like I mean, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So yeah, we I, so we both gave the edge to eighteen. Yeah. Uh, now going to batting, uh, I gave the edge to oh four. Oh four. Um. And and for me, it really came down to looking yeah. at JD Martinez versus David Ortiz. Yeah, yeah. JD definitely had a better uh, eighteen seasons than uh, mm-hmm. uh, Big Poppy's 04. But I may have to give it to. Are you going to give it to eighteen too? I'm going to give it to eighteen. Going to give it to eighteen? Interesting. 18. I want to. I want to know why. Because uh, I went with 04, so I'm curious to see why you said eighteen. Like you said, uh, like you said before, talking about uh, sabermetrics. You know, this mm-hmm. organization has been. You know. Sabermetrics is going to be more implemented in this team compared to the 04 yeah. team. It was kind of a, you know, the kind of the um, beginning of the yeah. Moneyball era. Yeah, so exactly, so exactly. The Indrix, it's not going to be as you know uh, detailed mm-hmm. in their uh, you know selection of players and their strategies and stuff like that. So well, and, probably and the, the minor league systems changed a little bit then since then, and I believe. Um, back in 04, they didn't have that uh, September roster expansion like they did yeah. until this year, which they're not doing anymore, which is yeah. going to be interesting. But So I think those the 18 Red Sox had a little bit more opportunity to see what they had yeah, to to evaluate a little bit more, which I gave them the edge. But, I mean, I, I gave it to 04. They had one of the best offenses the entire year last – or the entire league back then. Yeah. Uh, I, and Big Poppy, Manny Martinez, or uh, – yeah. And then uh, Johnny Damon, you get guys like that. They were just doing so much for that team back then. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – it's not a – I mean, you're, we're splitting hairs. Yeah, it, it's, this, I mean, it's two championships. This games, is one obviously. of those that was, and like you said, they're both World Series winners. Yeah. They both clearly did everything right that season, and we're really just splitting hairs. It's the tiniest, tiniest of de- details yeah, that that definitely. make a big difference here. But so yeah, so I, I gave the edge to gave the edge to O four. Okay, so, yeah, and you're at eighteen. All right, yeah. what about bullpen? Bullpen. I mean, eighteen. I I, I, lot, I agree with this one deeper, as well. Uh, better closer, Craig Kimbrell. Much, much better, yeah, more established closer. Definitely eighteen. And they had they had a lot more depth with their bullpen in eighteen too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I I, I, I mean, agree. They got with you. Ryan Brazier at the end of the season. I mean, he mm-hmm. pitched some great uh, innings for them. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Joe Kelly, who I yeah, know didn't have that great of a World Series of postseason, but he's still a guy that would hit one hundred and one hundred and two. Yeah, definitely. And no matter what you're doing in a game, it's hard to hit that. Yeah, definitely. They had the the eighteen Red Sox had more power arms outside of well, I mean, 04 had Pedro, but he's a starter. You're not going to yeah. use him in the bullpen as much necessarily. But it's also interesting to see. Um, it'd be interesting to compare. The, the pitching usage by the managers between Tito yeah. and Cora because now a lot of days in the playoffs especially we're seeing managers are pretty quick to hook their to take out their starters yeah. and go to that bullpen so I'd be interesting to see like what Tito was thinking back in 04 as well just to compare them and I, I, that'd be really really fun for me I think and yeah. probably for you too seeing as you're a Red Sox fan oh yeah definitely 
Um, I mean, also Cora just, I mean, he's using Chris Hale to close out a World Series. I mean, that's, that guy, that's ballsy. Yeah, that's ballsy. That's, that's ballsy. So. Madison Bumgarner back in 2014 oh, Giants yeah. closing out the Royals ballsy. Yeah, definitely <laughs> one of the clutchest performances in oh, yeah. World Series history. Yeah, and there's, yeah. I mean, the Nats would do the same thing with Scherzer if they were yeah. in that position. The Dodgers did that same thing with Kershaw back in 2017 yeah. and tried it a little bit to extent last year. They only went to five games. They didn't really have to use them that much. But, I mean, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, game seven, games on the line, you want your best pitcher out there. Definitely. definitely. You're going to want your Chris Sale. Yep. So, yeah, for, for me, bullpen had a, a 2018 a huge edge in that yep. area, especially when you look at the, the split between ERAs and stuff and innings pitched. There was a lot more durability in the 2018 yeah. uh, bullpen definitely. for the Red Sox compared to 04. Uh, and then uh, not one a lot of a lot of people talk about, but I kind of want to talk about this fielding. Um, we can go off percentages. We can go off the eye test. Who do you give the edge to? Uh, it's tough. I mean, that this 18 uh, outfield, I mean, just one of the best. They're, they're arguably the best outfield yeah. in all of baseball and one of the best in history. Yeah. I if mean, you look at just straight war from last year. Yeah. I mean, Jackie Bradley, nothing's getting past that a guy. Gold, you have I mean, a gold lover awesome. at every position. Yeah. It, so, it's unfair. Uh, probably have to give it to 18. Yeah. I, I also gave it to 18. Sweep for 18. Sweep for 18 for me. And this was, again, one of those close ones. I almost entirely went for this one off fielding percentage. Yeah. And there was only a point zero zero six difference in the fielding yeah. percentage. Uh, but if you look at the errors, I believe 2018 had 20 or 30 fewer errors than 2004. Okay. So that was also um, a big part of it for me. Yeah. Who do you got uh, when it comes to the intangibles? Like who's Who do you think had the you know, better locker room presence guys, better leadership? 04. 04, definitely. 04 also, I, I mean, I don't really know if we can bring that into this, but they had the history with them. Yeah. They had that. They were, I mean, everyone knows they were down 03. Yeah. There's like the, in the ALCS, which no team in, in any sport had ever come back from 03. Yeah. And there's point. definitely some nostalgia there. Yeah. They're kind of like mythological figures. You know, yeah. And Kurt so Schilling. you kind of put these guys yeah. on that pedestal, like yeah, Big Poppy. Yeah, definitely. That was this huge coming out party. That's yeah. what made him, in my opinion, the best DH of all time. You have Poppy, you have Kurt Schilling in game six. Oh, of God. The ALCS. And you had, it just... you had Poppy from game four of that ALCS. He, uh, I believe he tied it and then walked it off. And uh, Joe Buck, I remember the call. Red Sox fans, we'll see you tonight. We'll see you tonight. Yeah, yeah. That that was huge, and that really sparked that whole turnaround of the series for me. So, I, intangible wise, I have to give it to to O four. Definitely. All right. Do you have any uh, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, give our final prediction? Um, or do you want to head right into that? Who had the toughest road? You think toughest road? Toughest That's interesting. Road. I would give it to O four. O four. Just because of everything I had to overcome. They they didn't finish number one in their division. They didn't have that best record in baseball. Yeah. And they had to go up against that Yankees team that they lost in the ALCS Definitely. previously too. Yeah, um, with eighteen though, they did have to play three hundred plus game winning teams, and that's also so an excellent point. So it's, yeah, so it, it, that's another yeah. one of those things where it's close. Splitting hairs. Um, I, I give a slight yeah. difference. I give a slight edge to to two thousand four there. Okay, I got you. But again, one of those things that you could argue either way, and I would totally agree with it. Yeah. Well, I have. Uh, I mean, if there's something else, I have who I predicted to win. Um, do you want me to go into that or do you want to? Yeah, sure. You can go ahead. So, um, you know, drum roll. I had 2018 winning in six games. I got 2018 in seven games. Mm-hmm. I See, I didn't even think it would make to that to that seven game just because bullpens. Yeah, for entirely. me, it's just 0-4 and the, that intangible. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. they came back from 3-0. Yeah. I mean, if they get down 2-0 in this series, it's going to be, it's, it's nothing for these guys. Yeah, and they, so, they know how to do it. Yeah. They've done it before. They have that track record. Yeah, but definitely the talent advantage and just the depth mm-hmm. definitely goes 18. Yeah, and, and, and I believe 18 was also a more experienced team. They were more weathered. They went through yeah. more. They have guys that have had more postseason experience. And they've had guys that just straight up deliver. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Thank you once again for coming on. Oh, yeah. This was fantastic. Pleasure. It's fun. Uh, if you 
if there are any more fans out there of any other teams and you guys want to come on or even call in or something, we'd be happy to do that. But yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Right. And thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. We will uh, catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.